and welcome to a new episode of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. And this particular episode is brought to you by Vets for Pets. And we will be chatting about visiting the vet and consulting your vet in these times of social distancing. We still don't know what's going to be happening over the next few months. So we thought this episode would be quite useful for new puppy owners. So a little bit of an explanation. Vets for Pets is committed to uh, keeping their customers and their colleagues protected, which is why they've made several important changes in their practices recently. And so joining me today to tell me more about this and to offer their expert advice on other topics are Dr. Hugh Stacey, who is Vets for Pets Director of Clinical Services, and Dr. Samantha Butler-Davis, who's Veterinary Clinical Services Manager at Vets for Pets. Hello, Hugh. Hi there. And hello, Sam. Hello. And so, Dr. Sam, can I please start with you? Just to kick off, can you explain to our listeners what they can expect when they visit a Vets for Pets practice as we emerge from lockdown, or as we record this, we're emerging from lockdown, who knows? No, absolutely. No, that's actually fine. Um, so I guess the first thing I wanted to say is that um, all of our practices are actually independently and locally owned. So what that means is that pet owners might have a slightly different experience um, depending on where in the country they're based. But the, the main thing I want to reassure owners is about the level of care we're able to offer their pets it hasn't changed at all. Uh, we still put pets forward first and our vets are obviously working extremely hard to make practice visits as calm and straightforward as possibly as possible whilst obviously still keeping all our colleagues and clients safe uh, some of our practices have quite small teams so that can lead to some challenges but we've seen some absolutely fantastic innovation from our colleagues out in practices in general clients can expect to be asked to ideally only have one person per vet when visiting Obviously, if this isn't possible for any reason, then if they just let the reception team know in advance, they can make appropriate arrangements for them. When they come into our stores for one of our in-store practices, for example, there'll be safe distance markers clearly highlighted so that clients will know where they can stand and what route to take through the store. Or if they're going to one of our standalone practices, same thing will apply. There'll be lots of signage available. So it'll be very clear for them when they arrive. There'll be hand sanitizer units everywhere. And um, you'll also notice that our reception desks now have perspex screens around them. Just like when you go to a bank, there's that screen between you and our receptionist. Yeah, yeah, that's a regular uh, a regular thing that everyone's seeing these days, isn't it? It is. It's, it's part of that new normal. One thing that isn't quite going to look so normal is a lot of our clinical teams are going to be wearing PPE, so gloves and masks. And we continue to clean to a medical grade standard multiple times a day. So, you know, we've, we've looked at our practices, seen where the heavy traffic is, where the touch points are, and these get extra special attention throughout the, the day. OK, so um, I was going to say it's probably it, it, it's important that you guys are, are doing due diligence with the cleaning and stuff. But I guess in, in the surgeries, you do that as a matter of course anyway, don't you? Just wiping everything down and disinfecting and, and, and making sure that everything's completely nicely germ-free and virus-free. Absolutely. You know, our, our colleagues in practice have always cleaned the practices to a very high standard, you know, medical grade. Um, and it's it's second nature to them, as you say. The difference now is that obviously they're, they're seeing the, the high traffic touch points and spend, you know, taking even extra care in these areas. But um, yeah, it's not unusual for them to have to clean like this. In many circumstances, a vet would have an initial telephone conversation with you. Is that something that is going to be extended somewhat or um, are you going to do any other sort of visual or audio consultations? 
Yes, our colleagues very quickly adapted to the current situation and are able in many locations to actually offer phone or video consults where appropriate. In some instances, they can also prescribe over the phone if they feel it's suitable. Now, this is referred to as remote prescribing, and it is an unusual situation because obviously in the past, we've always had to see the animals for a full physical examination. But due to the current situation, the governing body, the Royal College, have actually made an amendment to their guidance. Now, this is currently viewed as a temporary measure, and it's important to note that this might change in the future. What what I really want to reassure owners, though, is that our colleagues are paying even more attention to stress levels in our patients during this time. You know, it, it can be worrying to go into a strange place without the reassuring presence of their owners. But we have various things in place, such as soft closing doors to reduce, reduce noise. And our vets and nurses show the same care and attention to their patients when examining them and probably give the odd extra treat as well. Oh, that, that I love that. I love the fact that you've got softly closing doors. I mean, the little touches that you've considered and put into practice is absolutely lovely. And I guess as well, like you were saying, you've got a little wiggly puppy. If, if, if the owner is in the room um, and taking them to the back surgery area is, is obviously a much more sensible thing to do because they're going to, if they can see their owner, I guess they're going to be sort of like, ah, put me back with my mum kind of thing because that's how puppies talk in my head. <laughs> no, that is how puppies talk. You're quite right. Um, but you've, you've got it in one. That's absolutely, you know, one of the things we had to think about, you know, and, and again, that's part of the innovation that we've had from our colleagues. They've thought carefully about what might happen during a consultation and how to make it safe for everybody involved. Finally, when an owner is looking to book an appointment, it's perfectly fine to ask what to expect at the visit. In fact, I'd encourage it. Um, Our colleagues will explain everything to you and what to expect on the day. And we also have lots of colleagues available in store who can help direct you when you arrive. And many practices are also actually now able to offer a home delivery or safe pickup of certain medications from the practice. And if this is something that would benefit any of our listeners, then I would encourage them to contact their local practice. That's a brilliant service, you know, being able to send someone else to pick up certain medications from practice and also the home delivery thing. That That's just a great thing to offer right now, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I, I don't want any of our clients thinking that they can't get hold of, you know, really important medications or even down to, you know, their flea and worming um, medications. If there's anybody that is still unable to leave their house for whatever reason, then, you know, again, I would encourage them to contact the local practice to see what they can, how they can help them. Brilliant. So loads of really good tips there from you, Sam, but um, I'm not going to let you go yet. I've got another question. I'm sure that you guys have got a a backlog of new pet owners, puppy owners wanting appointments, and it's always useful to know what kind of questions to ask beforehand and whether or not you can do anything over the phone. So what kind of things should a new owner expect to be asked by a vet on their first visit? Well, the first thing to say that even though new puppy owners will be experiencing a new type of vet visit, uh, the exact same level of care will be shown to their new pups. Our colleagues will take full histories from owners, either on the phone or socially distance. They'll get weighed and they'll have a full physical examination. So when owners make an appointment, if they've not registered with us yet, with our receptionists, um, they'll take full information over the phone beforehand to try and reduce the amount of time spent at our front desks. So they'll take the basic information such as puppy's name, date of birth and so on. It's also always good for owners to come prepared with questions or indeed answers to questions our colleagues might ask. So the types of things they might be asked are how long have you had the puppy? 
Have they had any vaccinations? Have they been wormed? Have they had flea treatment? Do you have all the microchip details? And have you had a puppy before? Can we help with any questions you might have? So I always recommend to clients coming in to actually write down a few questions because, you know, when you're in a consultation and especially in this new environment, it can be really easy to forget things. So bring a note of questions, bring a pen, you know, bring a pen to write down answers as well. And also, if your breeder or rescue centre has given you any paperwork, it's a good idea to bring that along as well. Yeah, like you say, it's quite an overwhelming experience with your little one, and especially you've got a wiggly puppy in your arms. It, you know, I said it is very easy to forget. What's the situation with vaccinations at the moment? If you haven't had your puppy vaccinated and they need it, can you still bring them in? So even in the current situation, it's still really important to get your new puppy vaccinated. And our colleagues across all of the Vets for Pets practices across the UK are ready and prepared for these appointments. So I would really encourage any new puppy owner to get in touch with their local Vets for Pets and book that first appointment. Sam, thank you very much. Lots of expert advice there. Please stay where you are. I will be coming back to you in a bit. But now I want to talk to Dr. Hugh Stacey. So sooner or later, your puppy is going to meet some people wearing face masks. Let's face it, that's part of the new normal. Face coverings can worry dogs, I guess, because they take in a lot of information from reading people's facial expressions and, and dogs' facial expressions, don't they? So I guess it can be disconcerting if they're not sure of a person's feelings or intentions, if they can't read their face. But luckily, I'm joined by Dr. Hugh Stacey, Vets for Pets Director of Clinical Services, who luckily also happens to be an expert on canine behaviour. So, Hugh, hello. Hi there. How easy it's going to be? Uh, I mean, my dog, my dog's terrified of, of men with beards for some reason, even though my boyfriend, who he absolutely adores, has a huge beard. It must be quite scary for puppies to see everyone wandering around with face coverings on. What, what, what kind of tips can you offer here? Yeah, so face coverings, like you say, it's a, it's a new normal in our world, or it's it's likely to become one. Mm. Um, and like everything for puppies, getting them used to it, um, getting them to realise it's a normal thing is really important. So key things you'll need to do with your puppy are habituating them to people in face masks, getting them used to the idea of people wearing them, and ideally conditioning them to that as well. So not only showing them people wearing face masks, but also giving them something nice at the same time. Mm -hmm. So one of the really important things to work out, first of all, um, and this is a great thing to know about any dog, any puppy, is what pushes their buttons. What do they like? What's rewarding for them? Uh, good places to start are little bits of cheese or sausage or dog treat or you know, whatever they find really, really tasty, or maybe their favorite toy, lots of different things. And some dogs will find different things rewarding. So figuring that out, figuring out what excites them, what interests them, and then try and keep that tucked away and safe for your special training sessions. Yeah. And then for the example of face masks, um, starting out and building up very slowly. So you might just cover your face up very briefly to start with when you're working with them. So just a hand or an arm over your face, let them see that and then reward them straight away. Let them see it's a good thing and it's a positive thing and nice things happen when people's faces are covered up. And then over lots of little sessions and a minute or two, a couple of times a day is all it has to be. Start covering your face up for longer. So you might use your sleeve or you might use a cloth uh, and then take it away, show them it's you, reward them, make it fun, make it a game. Mm. 
It's really interesting what you say about your dog and your boyfriend's beard. Mm. I'm sure, well, I hope your dog likes your boyfriend and, you know, has kind of accepted him having a beard in life. But then there's a process of generalization. It's getting used to other people that look like the same way as well. Because if you're not careful, your puppy will be really happy with you wearing a face mask. But when they see somebody who's a different shape and size wearing a face mask, that'll be they'll be back to square one and they won't know what to make of it. So when they're happy with you, start asking, it depends who you've got access to in your world at the moment, but your friends, your family, uh, ask them to go through the same process with them, spend a little bit of time with them, get them used. When they've, when they've been through this process with a couple of people, they'll start to think it's okay for the world in general to wear face masks. They'll get away from having a little short list of people they trust in masks. They'll get to the point they accept it's a, it's a general thing that it's, it's okay to be happy about. Right. Okay. Yeah. That didn't even cross my mind. It was, yeah, actually getting other people of different shapes and sizes and heights, et cetera, to do it and smells. That's like how you really top. proof it. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's how you make sure that they, they generalize it and accept it as a general thing in the world. Oh, amazing. So, I mean, it, it's common sense really, but if, if you don't know these things, you just, you just wouldn't know where to start. I mean, that, 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 that just makes perfect sense now. And like you say, what once, once your puppy understands about face masks, they will just take it as well. That's a given. That's just a matter of course now. That That's life. Yeah. So on our Vets for Pets website, we've got some steps laid out for how to uh, how to take your puppy through this one little step at a time. So if you're looking for help and guidance on this, go to vetsforpets.com, search up the page on face masks, and that'll walk you through it and help you and your puppy to get used to uh, the weird world we live in where suddenly wearing face masks is the new normal. The new normal. That's going to be a, a phrase that's banded around a lot. Thank you for that. And I, I did actually have a bit of a nosy and a dig around. I'm, I'm very okay with your website anyway, but you've got some fantastic fantastic videos on there loads of expert advice so um even if you haven't got a puppy just go and have a look at the vets for pets website you will learn something i can assure you so hugh in a previous episode we had dog trainer claire north come in and give some wonderful advice on what you can do to socialize your puppy during lockdown but going forward now while much of puppy's earlier education was still possible during the lockdown situation some of it's more difficult to accomplish i guess so what sort of issues did COVID-19 bring about when it comes to socialising your puppy? And Hugh, can you can you elaborate on that a little bit, please? Yeah. So socialisation, just to recap, is it's a period in a puppy's life, roughly about from the six weeks old to about four months old, when they're pretty accepting of the world. They'll take new experiences. They'll be pretty open minded about things. They're not going to be frightened of new things. What you do in normal times is make sure in that time you're getting them out and about and they're seeing the world and getting lots of experiences, meeting lots of people. Uh, so as they get older, they've got all those things filed away and they they accept it all as being part of the world. Obviously, with lockdown, um, puppies spent longer than they might have normally at, at the breeders' houses yeah. or they might be with their at their forever home with their their permanent owner. Uh, but they might not have been able to get out and about much. And the kind of things we'd we'd like to be doing with puppies, going out and seeing lots of shapes and sizes of people, going on public transport, going in cars, going to shops and bars and restaurants and all, all the places you'd like them to see in life. And that's just all been really hard recently. So they might have missed out on that really important chunk of experience. Some pups are really laid back and they're going to take everything in their stride and they're not going to blink and you're not going to know they've ever missed out on anything. Mm. Others are going to be really quite worried. They're going to find the world a really worrying, stressful place because there's going to be so many new things to see and hear and smell. 
and they might react really fearfully towards them, be very worried, very anxious. And people think dogs must have had something bad happen to them to make them fearful. Uh, they always think, you know, the, the, the dogs be, you know, in particular with things like rescue dogs, people think that dogs have been hit or yeah. mistreated or something like that. But it might be they've just never had good experiences. A dog's natural reaction is to be fearful of new things that it doesn't understand. Um, and some dogs really show that very strongly. And, you know, it can be, it might be a very tough time for some pups coming out of lockdown now. Wow. Do you know what? That's that that's never crossed my mind before when when you sort of well maybe it's just me being a bit of an idiot but when when I always think of a dog that that, that is fearful of something I always assume that it is something that they've experienced horrible in their past and so they've it's, it's created a phobia because they've already experienced but like you said I've never even considered that that it, it could actually be something that they've never actually come across before in their life ever that's all it can take that's it so um when you start going out and about with your pup, there's some things you're going to have to be really, really, you're going to have to look after them. You're going to have to really keep a close eye on them. So look at their body language, look at their behavior, look at what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've really got to be their best friend and their guardian out there. And if they're looking uncomfortable, if they're looking really tense or trying to pull away from things, that's a good sign that it's a bit more than they can cope with. And those are the situations. So a good example for this might be traffic. Not many pups are going to have seen a lot of traffic right now that were born in, you know, staying in the house during lockdown and with not, without a lot of cars about. So if your pup is frightened by cars going past, a good way of dealing with this is going to be to find a safe place that's far enough away from the road that your puppy's comfortable with it. And that might be five yards, it might be 20 yards, totally depends on them. And you, you've got to, to be the judge of that. But then when you found a distance they're comfortable, just hang out there with them, just give them some treats, play with a toy, just put the cars into the background for them so they can get used to them at that level. And then the next day you come back and you might be a little bit closer to the road. Do the same thing again. Make sure they're comfortable with it. And you just build up in little steps like that over time. So it's that desensitization and giving them something nice, making it a game, making it rewarding for them to be there so they build up a positive experience. Don't fall into the trap of dragging them up to the curbside and saying to them, just sit here, it's nothing to worry about, it's all going to be fine, because what you're doing then is flooding them. You're, you're, you're giving them an overwhelming stimulus, which it could really, really frighten them. They might panic, they might, you know, really show some, you know, show some aggression even, or just have a really, really bad experience that causes them problems for life. So um, that, that's definitely something to avoid. Brilliant advice again that, I mean, gosh, you really, it, it really is imperative that you talk to somebody that knows about canine behavior and, or go to puppy school or, or something. You, you really can't just do this on your own. And, and like you were saying before, it, it's all these things that you're trying to turn into positive experiences, things that they may not have already experienced having them in the background and then just bringing them in gradually and gradually that it's slowly slowly catchy monkey slowly slowly teachy puppy that's it and these are all the things you do with a young puppy anyway uh, yeah. normally you'd be doing it when they were eight weeks old and you were carrying them around mm. if you're doing it when they're four or five months old you might just have to go a bit slower because the shutters have come down a little bit they're a little bit less uh, accepting of new experiences so you just need to be doubly cautious and again, on our website, vetsforpets.com, there's some really good tips on this. It's really laid out with a lot of detail, a lot of hints and tips and guidance on there. So if you're worried about this, if you think this is something you need help with, go and search out the socialization in lockdown page on our Vets for Pets site um, and have a look through the, the advice that's on there. 
brilliant. And actually, it's incredibly well named. So you can't not find it on your website. It is actually called How to Help Puppies Who've Missed Out on Socialization During Lockdown. So nicely titled Vets for Pets. That's it. We, we, hope, we hopefully <laughs> didn't hide it away. <laughs> no, it's imperative right now. And I just want to reiterate to the listener that Vets for Pets Expert Vets are here to help you. So if you've got any questions or concerns, visit the vetsforpets.com website. It's absolutely rammed with tips and advice and especially these videos the videos are brilliant i i suggest that you will just go and watch them on all the topics we've just covered and more um so vetsforpets.com is where you can find all the information that you need and it's also where you can um, locate your nearest vets, vets for pets practice as well so on that note it just leaves me now to say a massive thank you to our guests sam and hugh dr sam dr hugh thank you so much both of you Thank, Thank you very Kate. much. It's been great. Thank you, guys. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Pets at Home. And we're over on Instagram as well at Pets at Home UK. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget, please, to subscribe. We've got loads more of these coming in the future. Share. Do write us a little review. It all goes uh, a long way to help us uh, create more. And thanks for listening. And tune in next time. Bye. Bye, Sam. Bye, Hugh. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>